Oh my gosh. OMG. I just finished recording this episode with Louisa and I got chills. She told a story and I got chills throughout my body. I often will get chills, you know, when somebody shares something really incredible, but it's not often I get them like throughout my whole body, head to toe. So such a powerful episode. And she is so good at uh, really following her heart and a great example of what I think everybody needs to do more of. So Louisa is a global passion ambassador and host of Passion Harvest. So she has a podcast and and she hosts a YouTube show. She, she puts it on YouTube like I put mine on YouTube. But she's a soul connector who lives and works from an intuitive realm where she can see into future memories of her life and that of her coaching clients. This intuitive ability has clients who have not yet been able to fully surrender to their own intuitive impulses, despite years of trying, the freedom to finally live a life of meaning, purpose, and passion. Louisa works on the premise that passion and freedom are our birthright and obstacles can be seen as growth, moving us through challenges, our life lessons and allow us the expansion that we need and that we really crave in this human experience. And so I loved this conversation with her and I know you'll love it too. So without further ado, here is Louisa. Hi, I'm Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma. I created this podcast as a place for women in their second half of life to go to to receive inspiration. If you are at a place where you believe your best days are behind you, it is my hope one of these episodes will spark you to think differently and lead you to a new belief that your second half may actually be your best half. I want you to stop seeing your age as a limitation and start seeing it as your superpower. You have years of experience and value that the younger you never had. So it's time to lean into that and use it to fuel your future. No more letting age or circumstances hold you back from the pursuit of a more fulfilling and fun life. The happier we are, the better the world will be. So instead of settling for what you don't want, how about going after what you do want? Listen in and let something you hear prompt you to take the first step in making the rest your best. Welcome to another episode of Living Your Sparked Second Half, and I'm excited to talk to Louisa today from Passion Harvest. Yes, I met Louisa on Instagram and she just has a vibe that I really loved. And I thought, wow, she's somebody who, and she has a podcast, so uh, we can uh, link up to her podcast as well, but she's all about passion, being passionate in your life, finding passion. If you're not passionate, I even saw that you have a passion quiz. Uh, And so I wanted to bring her on and have her share what she's learned about passion. She she also does a lot about uh, kind of tuning into your intuition. So here she is. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Laurie. Thank you so much for having me on your show. And hello to all your listeners. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what and, a beautiful introduction. Oh, yes. And she is uh, tuning in from the French countryside. You said a remote, you live in a remote village. Yes, I live in the uh, now. Uh-huh. We, we were talking about second half of life. Now I live in the south of France. Um 
in a, what a great way area. to spend the second half of your life. Yes. Well, life is always evolving and things change, but for the moment it's perfect. Yes. That's great. What took you there? What drove you to go move there? You, you are Australian. I don't know yes. if you just moved from Australia a year and a half ago or somewhere along the way you, you ventured there. So tell me what led you to France. Oh my gosh. How long, how long is our interview? <laughs> it's a long story. Um, what led me there? Well, I, I guess um, it depends how far I want to go back. I I've traveled. I traveled a lot. My father has a holiday house on the other side of France. Um, several years ago, I met a man who's now an American, actually, who's now my best friend. And I came to this particular region in the southwest of France for a holiday. And I don't know, we, we were talking about intuition. I just knew this was my home. I didn't know how I was ever going to live here. And uh, I, my marriage had ended a while ago and my children were older at university. I didn't know how I was going to make the move on the other side of the world permanently. Um, but I just knew what was my home. It's, it, it's, it was like falling in love, but falling in love with a particular geographical location. And it's almost as if I didn't ha have a choice. So I moved heaven and earth, and now I find myself here in the French countryside. So how long ago was that feeling that you had about France? Uh, th almost three years ago. Okay. And I've been living here, as I said to you, full-time for about a year and a half, and I've bought a house, um, and I consider this my home, my my life. I, I love it. Not everything's perfect, of course. Life's not perfect. Um, well, if you're on my YouTube channel, then you should see her background. It looks like a, a place you just want to step into well, this <laughs> and is pour a glass of wine. <laughs> right. And sit on the terrace. Yes. Um, yes. It's a, it's a beautiful old manor in the middle of the French countryside. So it's, well, it's warm now, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. The first winter as an Australian was pretty cold. Oh, uh, yes, I can imagine. Well, one thing you said, which caught my ear and I'd love mm -hmm. to talk about is that you said I didn't know how and I think so much of the time we get caught up in we want something or we have this nudge and we think oh you know I don't know how it's impossible mm. and and it sounds like you just didn't know how but you were okay with that and and so how how did you and and did oh. you just decide that I'm just gonna manifest it I don't even know about manifesting. I think when, look, I think thoughts are energetic and feelings are magnetic. And I knew so much in my heart that this was right for me. Most of the time I'm an efficient person. How? I I just had no choice. I, I, I think I was speaking to you just before the show about intuition and and marriage and I am, I am divorced. I think I switched off my intuition in the beginning of my, my marriage, I wanted, you know, the perfect husband and, and children. And from the outside for 19 years, I was married. What looked like a perfect marriage. Yes. I had a great, I had yeah. a great career, a corporate career. Um, and this goes back to passion. I, I think I'm digressing here, but how after 19 years, I'll, I'll just do snippets of it, but I was in a beautiful career well what looked like a great career I had a lovely corporate corner office but I was so unhappy 
Yeah, so your story is so similar to mine. So similar. And I needed to change. I wake up every morning and drag my weary body to work. And I started, I, 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 for some reason, I wanted to grow spiritually. It was so important to me. And for so many years, I'd lived in fear, fear of being divorced, fear of being a single mother, fear of being poor. So I started listening to Abraham Hicks. And the biggest message she said to me is, be happy, you know, try and find the positive in everything. So I was in my beautiful corporate corner office and I stopped going for lunch with the staff and I'd walk across the road and sit in the park and kick off my high heels. And I actually started meditating and I was so afraid of everything in those days. And I was so embarrassed of what people thought that I'd actually look up to the sun and close my eyes in case any of my colleagues saw me. I was meditating, but in case someone saw me, I didn't want them to think I was weird. So I just pretended that the sun was in my eyes. And one day I found on the grass a little gum leaf. And it just moved me. It made me realize that this, this nature, this solitude, was just the happiest time of my day. And I, I took that little gum leaf back to my office and I hid it behind my computer <laughs> in case anyone saw it. And I guess I guess the, the universe has a funny way of kicking you, pushing and screaming if you don't follow your heart and live in alignment and, and live with fear. So eventually I was retrenched from that role and I I packed up my office and all I really had was the USB. That was it. And I found behind my monitor, my computer desk, the, the shriveled gum leaf. And I knew if I'd stayed in this life, in this career, in this job, I would have ended up like that shriveled leaf, that that joy would have been gone. And I was terror, I was still filled with fear in those days. I was terrified. And I walked out of the office so excited, but shaking at the same time. And I made a promise to myself and a promise to the universe that from that day on I would only do what I was passionate about and um, what I loved. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to earn money or what I was going to do. And, and that's kind of how I started Passion Harvest. Without a, a, an intention for the end goal, but with such passion and such excitement to grow spiritually and learn because it felt so good. And I thought, well, I don't have enough time to read all these books. So what I'll do is I'll interview incredible thought leaders across the world so I can learn and and, and share it with others. And that's how Passion Harvest started. But I guess the biggest thing for me in my life was overcoming fear and eventually realising that my marriage wasn't working and removing myself from victimisation. So I thought if I got into this, I can get out of it. And And what's... What's the worst that could happen? Yeah. That was the, probably <clears throat> yeah. one of the big, biggest milestones in my life. So moving to France, the fear compared to leaving my marriage and what society thought of me was not nearly as bad as overcoming the first obstacle. <laughs> so yeah. how did I do it? Well, I pushed aside fear. You see, you can talk about a soul or intuition, our, our soul or higher self or God, many people call it different names, always wants us to grow and expand. I, I believe that what's the meaning of life? Gosh, there's so many answers, but it's so 
collective but also individual and we've come here to be the full creative expression of who we are individually so our soul our intuition our higher self wants us to grow and expand and and Fear wants to keep us small and safe, which is okay. But nowadays, sometimes, mostly I put safe fear. Okay, you're taking the back seat. I'm taking charge. And you can't get it wrong. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever read the book, The Vortex? Uh, No. So I'm listening to it on Audible right now. Oh, okay. It's very powerful. It's Esther Hicks. I love her. Yeah, yeah. And um, it is... So, so you you just said the word expand, and what mm. is so powerful about it is it's that you know it says the the human our humanness is the soul's desire because the soul can't doesn't have like the five senses they can't it can't touch it can't be in the physical realm, and so the soul it, you're the it's the expression of the soul in the in the physical realm, and so it's meant so you can expand. So you can expand. And when you're in fear, you're not expanding. You're actually withering and you're like preventing yourself from the expansion, preventing yourself from the experience. And and so I, it's been really a powerful book for me to just put that into perspective. It, it is. And, and fear is, you can justify it in every way and it, and it, it can physically affect you. Yeah. It's so what we perceive as real, but it's not. Yeah. I, I love, it, I love, oh, I'm sorry. Go, no, go ahead. No. Someone, I can't remember who it was, but someone once described the definition of fear, F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. Yes, I love that. So, so true. Yeah. And so I, because you and I have very similar stories in that where I just felt like I wasn't passionate anymore in my marriage. And I don't know that I really connected it with like feeling like I didn't have a purpose or feeling like I, I it, it was something missing inside of me because I was look, looking for the external to satisfy that. Um, but I did get to the point where I was like, I'm going to get to the end of my life and I'm going to think, why the hell did you not do the things that you wanted to do? Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of my the reason what really shifted me was projecting where I'd be on my deathbed. And I didn't want that. And I knew that if I didn't change that, that's what I would, where I'd be. And so I, and looking back, I I realized I was all, all this fear was keeping me stuck, but I don't think I realized it was fear. It was just this, it was judgment. You know, it was like, it was like this inner critic that was always telling me, no, you can't do that because you have to be this, or you can't do that because then what would they say? And that's how it kind of showed up. It was fear. But uh, you know, is that kind of how you felt too? Yes. And we've always been, we've always had grown up with expectations or to be conditioned to act or be in a certain manner. Um, and it's very hard to change from that mold. I guess one of the biggest things also for me is not worrying what people think. Of course, I want people to like me, but um, I can only be my true authentic self particularly with family as well, who might have different opinions or want certain things for you. My, What's really helped me grow is to be my true authentic self and do what's right for me. Yeah, so and true. And then I don't have anyone else to blame. Well, there's no <clears throat> mistakes, but at least I tried. If I never moved to France, it would be an incredible regret. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing too is we, we I think we tend to, deprive ourselves 
because of what we want, because then we feel selfish, you know, like a divorce affects other people. It's affects not just your immediate family, my kids. I was like, oh my gosh, what's, what are the holidays going to look like, uh, going forward? Uh, but what I came to realize is that by not being my passionate version, my most passionate version of myself, that that is what the world needed. That was, I was depriving my children of that version of me. And, and so if I didn't change, that was the selfish thing, but it's really hard to get to that point. Uh, and when you're going through it, it's so much easier to stay. Um, I've heard the story of that there's this dog crying and the neighbor is like, well, this dog is crying. This dog is crying. And so uh, finally one day goes over and says, what's, you know, and that sees the dog is sitting on a nail and the owner is sitting next to the dog who's sitting on the nail. And the, and the neighbor says, what, why, what is he doing? What is he doing? And he said, well, it hurts too. It would hurt too much to get off the nail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's what we think is we think, oh, we're staying on this nail and, and we're in pain or we're in this life we don't want, but we see getting off of it or changing as more painful than staying where we are. So it's kind of a, a, an interesting analogy. And, it, and um, it relates back It relates back to fear because we don't know what the future holds and it really is uh, being vulnerable and trusting. I always wanted an Excel spreadsheet of the rest of my life. So I would know exactly what happened and, and that's never going to be the case. But yeah. I came also to the realization, why would you think the future would be worse than the past? Yeah. Yeah. Unless I created it to be so. Yeah, I we're did... good at, con- cat- what do they say? The word is catastrophizing. We're so good we're so... at that. Inventing a future that's the worst oh, case scenario. The worst case scenario, I know. Um, before I was leaving my, ma- I mean, before I was leaving my life that wasn't working for me and I pushed it away so much, I every for almost for about six months I had this dream every night it started off you know one of those dreams that are so realistic and it kind of got annoying after a while I'd I'd be asleep sound asleep and I'd see this woman in a bar in bars on a cage on the top of a cliff I never saw her face and she was matted and dirty and naked and she couldn't stand upright in the cage and she had this big sort of chunky chain around her neck and and she was screaming for someone to save her and I I I don't know if the dream went for two seconds or five minutes but it was almost every single night and I was trying to call out to this woman she never turned around at me and I said how can I help you and surrounded by her was this incredible lush virgin forest and and this cage was on the top of a mountain this dream went on every night got quite annoying I thought well, what what's happening here and eventually I mean, some nights I went there I saw her eating insects and and some nights she was banging on the bars of the cage and her hands started bleeding and one night I called her and said please let me help you be free what can I do I can't do this anymore and the woman turned around and the woman was me Ah, oh, I just chills all through my body. That's crazy. <laughs> and the chain that was around her neck held the key to the cage. Oh. And we had this telepathic dialogue. If you look at yourself and I helped her and she said, I'm so scared. She 
this woman could hardly stand. She'd been crouched for years and years. And she opened the key and her hands were shaking and we jumped off the cliff and then everything changed. Wow. Talk about intuition talking to you. <laughs> that's why dreams, we need to pay attention to our dreams. Yeah. That's, that's powerful. So was that dream kind of the, the, the real nudge that it made was, you? Yes. I mean, it was so shocking that, why would I ever want to be like that? And I, who holds the key to your life around your neck and you put yourself in, we put ourselves in, in cages when we all have the capability to be free. Yeah. It was sad and distressing and, and, and depressing. And I thought if, gosh, if I don't fix it this life, I might have to come back again and do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, what came to me was that, sounds like a perfect photo or picture for an oracle card an yes. oracle energy card that somebody needs to pull so they'll be like that's yeah. what you're doing yeah that's crazy so so what has changed how long ago did you go through so you mentioned uh before we we started the recording mm -hmm. and i think you're okay with me saying you're 49 yeah, so sure. you're, you're on the <laughs> precipice of of this new uh decade yep. um so when did you make the change and and how how are your kids cuz mine were my youngest had just graduated from college when i made the change and it's they're they're even as adults it's hard for them so that is doesn't mean just when they're grown up they're going to be okay <laughs> well they were grown up which Kind, I mean, I come from divorced parents and I never wanted, you know, I was always so proud, even on the school forms that I'd had the same address as my husband. It was weird. I know. Um, funny. I'm of the belief that it had always been planned. So I don't necessarily think the future past and present is separate. I think it's all happening now. It's just with what we align with. I think it's always been coming. It's like I'm in the French countryside. I'm thinking, what color am I going to paint my shutters, which is such a triv stupid, trivial thing. But I also have this weird intuition that the color's already there. I'm just aligning with the right color. They've always been painted. Um, I know that's a silly analogy, but every, every, if we look at our life, I don't think it's past, present, and future. There's just pinpoints in our life that we're identifying with. And, and I believe if, if we can recreate our past, we can recreate our future. And if we can have memories of the past, we can have also memories of the future. It's all happening now. So I guess it's always been, and it's a process that I had to learn. I, I do believe in soul contracts and you, you can call it many names. I think my husband was not the nicest, but the most wonderful teacher, because if he hadn't been in my life, I would have never realized my value and my worth and my strength. Yeah, that's so good. Um, yeah. So maybe it was always, mm -hmm. it had always been, it was always yeah. been. <laughs> you chose him before you even arrived. Yes. I need this lesson. So <laughs> he's the right person for that. Yeah. One ah, I don't Dantian, wish to. Expansion. One I, I don't wish to. I think I've learned that lesson. One yes, I hope I have. Yes. You've evolved and expanded mm -hmm. and have that wisdom within I, you now. It was terrifying. At the, now, it, life's mm -hmm. different. I mean, 
I'm a completely different person, but I understand that fear. It's the fear of the unknown, what's going to happen? And what if I make a mistake? And what if I'm poor? And what if I'm a single mother? And it was overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Finances, you know, oh gosh, we have this and how can I live off that? And yeah, I, I'm the opposite in that my, uh, no divorce in our family, his side, my side, and so my, the voice in my head was, we can't divorce. There's no divorce in our family. That's like such a bad word. I can't even say it. And then becoming right. a divorced person and then being single again and having a boyfriend. Oh my God. I couldn't even like say I'm, I'm his girlfriend. I was like, I've been a wife. I loved being a wife. I loved the label being a mom and being a, a wife. So that transition was extremely difficult, but I knew that I couldn't get to that passion I desired. And then of course I, I realized, oh, it's not another relationship. It's, it's something that I need to build with inside of me. Being true to yourself. It's, it's very hard and it's not always easy doing it. I mean, of course you have friends and family, but doing it alone, it's, it, it can be incredibly challenging. Yeah. Yeah. So can you describe what to you is intuition? Because I think sometimes the names bandied about and people like, like think that it's something that they don't have access to, or maybe um, they're just trying to understand. So what, how do you uh, become intuitive? Because we all have the capability. Well, I, I, I think, I think we, what's intuition? I, I think we all are, you know, intuition doesn't have to be a massive life-changing event for me. And, it, and it, everyone communicates with their intuition or intuition in a different way. For me, number one, it, it feels good. It feels right. It, it's a, it's a, a spark of inspiration. Everyone has intuition. I think intuition can also be felt by passion or something that feels good in more so in the quiet moments, not necessarily when you're thinking negative thoughts or you're very busy or a lot going on. I said I had one guest on the show, an incredible medium who gets her greatest insights while she's washing dishes, sort of menial tasks or knitting or things like that. But intuition can just be, it doesn't have to be a life-changing event. It can be a simple idea like, mm, I might, I might go and, go to that coffee shop and, and 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 then it leads on to that. You never know who you might meet or what conversations you o- might overhear. Um, there's so many, I, I believe anything is possible and everything is probable. So when we get so fixed on the end goal of how it has to be, we lose sight of all the possibilities and the opportunities that can come to us along the way. My intuition at the moment, the thing that makes me feel the most delight is gardening. I never thought I'd really like gardening, but I love it so much. I don't have an expectation of, well, I like the plants to look good, but it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel so happy. Um, Yeah, yeah, I've talked to a lot of gardeners who feel it's like meditative. And so it works as, and plus you're in nature, which is really important, uh, I think, to connect uh, so yeah. Uh, so in terms of intuition, what I love that you said that I just want to emphasize is it feels good because Absolutely. ignoring your intuition is the opposite, right? 
it can be a simple thing like I really, really don't want to go for dinner tonight or I don't want to host this dinner party, but I said I would. And I... Nowadays, I don't. <laughs> I just say, look, it really doesn't feel good. It doesn't matter why, what possibilities could happen. Yeah. yeah it's so it's when... just that feeling. Yeah. Yeah, and and fear and judgment and you know put the put the feeling in kind of the negative category. If you were to say positive feelings, negative feelings, and 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 when you feel those feelings that we really don't want, that's really maybe denying your intuition or de- denying your true self uh, mm-hmm. because you know when you're in in touch with that. And I one of the things you said as we were talking before we recorded which is similar to me is that we, we were very much suppressing that, uh, which, which happens when, when you're not passionate, you're usually suppressing those. Signals. Because we put expectations on ourselves or others put expectations on us, which this is life. This is a society. Yeah. Um, you know, many different spiritual leaders talk about this, how to live. Number one, follow your passion, follow what feels right. Uh, number two, always stay in a, not always easy, I don't do it all the time, but always stay, try and stay in a positive manner, a positive mood, look for the best outcomes, look for why this is good, why this is helping me. Number three, have no expectation on the outcome and be open to what you continued intuition that you might meet along the way. Yeah, Things don't always work out as pleasing as we would want, but they do lead on to other things. Yeah. Um, Another good thing to do if people are looking for answers, I should do this a bit more often, but you can always, I think writing is a great one. It's really easy to start before, for example, you go to bed at night, write your issue, write down your situation, write down what you'd like for your answers and then write, please show me the solution, please show me what I should do and then go to sleep. Yes. I love that. Great, great advice. Mm. Yeah. Another one. What's another one that someone told me that was a great one. She, she'd take a cup of water to her bed at night and she'd think about her problem or issue or some solution she would like or what she should do or should she take whatever it might be. Should I take this career or should I buy this car or anything? It could be the simplest things. What should I make for dinner? And she'd drink half the cup of water and and she'd say, thank you, show me the way, or you can say whatever you think. And in the morning she'd wake up and she'd drink the rest of the cup of the water. And she knew that day her answer would come. Not necessarily how it would come, but she knew that she would receive a feeling or a guidance or a sign of how her, her solution would come to her. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I like how she ties kind of a physical experience with mm. that kind of, I'll know, a faith of knowing that that answer. Will yes. Come. Well, signs are an easy one because we're such visual, mm-hmm. you know, humanness. People find it very hard to, to talk about intuition. It's never going to be like I'm talking to you now. It's subtle. It's it's like speaking with the non-physical realms. It's very subtle. It's very delicate. You can also ask for signs. Show me a, a, a blue bird or a red bird if this is the the way I should move forward. Yeah. A lot of or people talk about multiple numbers. There's so many signs, but also within a certain time frame. 
within 48 hours is this is the right way to proceed. But also not receiving a sign is also a sign from the universe. And maybe perhaps you need to reconsider. Yeah, I love that. One thing I learned about myself, do you know much about human design? I, I do a little bit. Yeah. And so one thing I learned about my type because I'm, I've, I've always prided myself in a quick decision making, kind of like I'm quick, mm-hmm. I'm quick. But when you do that, you're really more logic based instead of heart based. Sometimes heart takes you have to be patient with it. Yeah. And so I'd force things, and I would force things, uh, and then I would question my decision. And so what I learned with my type is that I'm the pi- type that's supposed to make known what I want, and then wait to receive the sign. And I, ne- I never did that in my life. And well, then patient, like, no one. I'm not good at patience either. <laughs> uh-uh, I don't think we are. I think we live, and this is one of the problems why, why we're disconnected from our intuition is that we live in such a noisy, busy world. And so we never take the time to be quiet, to be, to listen for those. Like when you were talking about how you would sit in this office and then lunch would be with your coworkers, no time to be with mm-hmm. yourself. And so you took the time to be with yourself and guess what? Now you're passionate and you, you're living the life you love in the moment. Like it, it, that wouldn't have happened if you hadn't gotten quiet, if you hadn't quiet exactly. the noise around yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. So true. The quiet. I mean, for years with life, I mean, children, which are amazing and married, I longed for some time alone, which I never, many of us, we don't have that. You know, we live in house, apartments, houses with families and life's very busy. Now I'm alone. Well, I do have a beautiful black Labrador puppy that, mm-hmm. and I love people. I love talking to people, but I do, it's so magnificent to be alone. Yeah. Yeah. And what would, what do we do now when we're alone? We pick up our phones and we get on social media and that's just more noise. Yeah, it's it's like we're, we're afraid to be alone with ourselves. I think for me, I avoided being alone because I knew that things would come up that I had to face. And, and, and that was too scary to, to deal with the fact that I was really unhappy and I needed to make some serious changes. Yeah. But one thing you said in your, when, you know, I will send my guests like questions because I, Oh gosh, I can't even remember them. Oh my gosh. It was so good. I was like, I I have to talk about this (laughs) because, you know, one of the things I ask is what does living a sparked life mean to you? And what should I say? (laughs) It was powerful. You said most people, or you said many people live a half lived life. Yes. You said that afraid of loving, afraid of dying, afraid of being poor, afraid of being alone, and sadly afraid to live. I I need to quote that and put it in a, you know, Louisa quote on my, (laughs) on my Instagram, (laughs) but yeah. Um, and then I'll continue to read it because you just went on. It was so, so powerful. Allow your heart to sing its truest song and experience your full spectrum of colors. Live a life without regrets and don't die with the music still in you. Oh, oh. like, yeah. Thank That's, you. So hearing that back, what's your, what's your take? Well, it's, it's. Like life is short, um, take risks. I'm not going to say quit your day job or quit that relationship straight away, but take that trip and 
don't be stupid, but do things that light you up. Don't do the same routine every day. You know, I mean, I have lots of clients and we talk about love, for example. All we want is love, but it's one of the things we're most afraid of because it can hurt us and we think it breaks us, for example. But take risks. Don't have regrets. Go and have that ice cream and take a breath and look up at the, the sunshine mm, and, yeah. and say those things that you perhaps never said to that person, always with love. Mm, Be yeah. your true self and don't live your life for, the way other people expect you to do. Live it, live it for you. It's it's life can be, I know it's hard and and there's incredible suffering, but life can be amazing. Our our consciousness creates our reality. Your thoughts create things. So be mindful of your thoughts. You yeah. can find it's not about spending money, it's the simplest things. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's funny how you this that you continued on because you did speak to love. And it's interesting that you just as you were sharing, you talked about love. And it all comes down to love and not only loving other people, but loving leading with love, but loving yourself too. And loving yourself is not being in denial of who you are and and you know what and that's what that's makes challenging. you happy. And yeah. my belief is I mean this this is, I'm not gonna get into quantum physics, but we take with us our memories. That's it. Mm. Not the material things, not the possessions. Of course, all of that's lovely. I'm not one of those people that say money's bad at all. I think it's wonderful. But you take your memories. You you take how kind you were. You take how loving you were, not only to yourself but to others. You take yeah. the joys. You take the sorrows. And and in my opinion, one of the main reasons and I the why we're here is there's no doubt in life every one of us are going to have conflict and contrast and death and sorrow and heartbreak and grief and loss but it's how we can overcome those how can we learn and grow from those experiences yeah. and how can how can we be kind and loving that's really yeah. what it's about yeah so I'm going to continue on and finish with this okay. part because it's so good I find joy as much as I can from a cloud to a simple flower. More than anything, I would say is that it's all about love. And I often ask myself the question, what would love do in this situation? Oh, yeah. I wrote that ages ago. I can't even remember. Yeah. And and it's funny, too, because I, I feel like there's just not enough love for others in this world we live in right now. We, so many are not leading with love and, and mm -hmm. trying to understand, just trying to deny, you know, and, and yeah, it, it is, it, you know, I think it's, there's just starts with own awareness and, and hopefully by listening to this episode and hearing from your lovely uh, experience that uh, yeah, it's, it's, you can't go wrong when you and lead with love. Can and, I just say yeah. one, one thing? It doesn't mean you have to put yourself out there and always do things. I, I, when you just when you said that about being kind and about love, this thought came to me. One of the kindest things that's well, of course, I've, I've had great love and kindness, but uh, two years ago my mother died and I was in France in the 
the other side of France, completely alone and COVID was on and I couldn't get back. Mm. And I walked along the streets. That was kind of like my therapy. And I walked past, I was devastated and I, I walked past a young girl, a young woman, probably late 20s, and she smiled at me. She didn't have to smile at me and it just lit up my heart. It made such a difference to my day. So it doesn't have to be huge, moving huge mountains. It can be the simple act of smiling at a stranger. You don't know what they're going through. I mean, I feel like crying now, but you don't know what other people are going through. You don't know how other people are suffering. A simple smile can change someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. So this that reminded me of a t-shirt. I was just in Sedona and we, we stopped in this t-shirt store and they had, do you know, life is good that, that yes. website. So they were a wholesaler. So they had a lot of life is good t-shirts in there. And one of the t-shirts, I swear, I'm going to go and buy it because I, I didn't buy it at the moment. Cause I had already bought another t-shirt. <laughs> My husband was <laughs> like, we'll pick which one. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not going to pick which one. And then I looked on the website and I saw that Otherwise, I would have gone back to the store and gotten it. So I thought, uh, and it was cheaper on the website, but it said unlimited smileage. Oh, and it had two little sweet. cars next to each other and they were like, you know, high-fiving each other. And I was like, that's, yeah, that we need to like smile, 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 unlimited uh, smiles. And it helps us as well. When we smile, it actually makes us feel happier. It, yes, it does. It releases endorphins, I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank you so much. It was so delightful to talk to you. You made me feel happy. I feel like the rest of the day is going to be so happy because I had (laughs) such a good conversation with you. And hopefully the people who listen will feel the same. Oh, Laurie, thank you so much. And your audience, Laurie's amazing. And and what incredible, inspiring and passionate work you're doing. So yeah, thank you so yeah, much well, for having me on the show. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 I will link up to your your stuff and follow her on social and and get inspired. You have a lot of interesting people on your podcast too. Yeah. 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 I think I need to be a a regular listener because a lot of the (laughs) topics that I'm like, Ooh, (laughs) Uh, and it's passion harvest, right? Isn't that the name of your podcast? Passion harvest, the YouTube. Well, it's a podcast, but also the YouTube channel. Passion. Okay. All right. Okay. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the Living Your Spark second half podcast. If you'd like to watch my guest interviews, you can find the video version of this podcast on my Not Your Average Grandma YouTube channel. Also, you can check out what I have going on at the moment by going to my website at notyouraveragegrandma.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook at Not Your Average Grandma. If you like this episode, please mention it to a friend and don't forget to leave a review so I know the topics you like best and can bring you more of that content in upcoming episodes. Last but not least, remember to always listen to that inner voice that will never steer you wrong and make living from the most sparked place possible your biggest priority. When we do that, we make the world a better place.